You're listening to Security Speaking, the SSI podcast. Welcome to the 2020 Residio Dealer Roundtable. And uh, I'd like to uh, start off by having each one of you introduce yourself, give a real brief background of your experience in the industry, and also about your company. So just uh, looking at my screen sort of uh, clockwise, I'll start with uh, Stephen. Right, I'm Stephen. We're the only dealer from this call on Canada. Uh, my background in security infrastructure has only been about three years. I'm the operations manager at Alarm Tech, and Alarm Tech has been around since 1985. Excellent. All right, continuing around, uh, Lawrence or uh, Rents. Yes, thanks for having me. So my name is Rents Cowison. Um, I'm president of American Total Protection. We have regional offices in Melbourne, Florida, and Hamden, Connecticut. Um, we have about 65 employees. We offer services ranging from residential commercial alarms to enterprise level access control systems to a fire sprinkler company in Florida and a fire extinguisher company in Florida. Um, we got our start through acquisitions. My father started the business. He passed away in 2013. And that's when I kind of jumped into the industry. Um, so I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you. Thank you, Sterling. I'm Sterling Donnelly. I'm one of the one of three co-founders of Alarm Grid, uh, which started in 2012. We're an online do-it-yourself alarm company based out of South Florida, offering service nationwide. Um, we started as a bootstrapped company, uh, built the business account by account, and now we've got about a staff of 25. Um, and our focus is mostly on residential. Um, you know, we do some light commercial as well. Very good. All right. Well, you know, let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room for this year, um, which is the pandemic and how it's affected, you know, each of you and your businesses, your, your employees, your customers and all that stuff. So let's start off by uh, more narrowly focusing that and talk about um, how it affected your company and your people, how you've dealt with that. So let's um, continue with Sterling and work our way back around. So being an online do-it-yourself alarm company, uh, we kind of already have been game planning for this world, I suppose, because we're already uh, selling our products and services online and over the phone and through email and chat, which is kind of from what we've heard, where a lot of the more traditional on-site companies are shifting towards uh, with the current environment, of course. Um, we've, as a company, explored remote employees and in-office employees um, throughout our history. And we've found that in-person is always preferable. So it's been a little interesting to see with the COVID uh, coming out in March, we obviously shifted everyone back home uh, to a remote setting while everything was first coming out. Uh, we are back in the office now uh, with new COVID protocols to ensure employee safety and make sure everyone's comfortable. Uh, luckily, we've uh, mostly avoided any uh, 
you know, COVID outbreaks. We did have one employee uh, that, that got uh, COVID through their daughter going back to school. Uh, but overall, everything has been uh, pretty good there. And uh, again, we liked, uh, we, we had everyone shifting for safety, but uh, we, we do, even being remote ourselves, we, we understand the importance of having everyone together in the office. And so it's been good to get everyone back uh, into that environment uh, because certainly we've been more effective that way. You know, being with the model that you have, have you noticed a, a uptick this year, um, you know, due to people not wanting, you know, technicians in their homes? We're seeing uh, on this, on the new sales side, probably kind of same as what we've had seen uh, historically, uh, surprisingly or not. Um, we've seen an increase in cancellations, certainly. Uh, people that are either running into financial hardships, whether they lost their job or they're just trying to cut back because they're not sure about their job prospects. Um, we've also seen a shift in behavior for some of our customers where you know they're home all the time now so they'll say well i don't need the monitoring as, as much anymore obviously people get monitoring for different reasons um, but for those that are getting it for when they're not home you know that that need kind of goes out the window so we've certainly had cancellation increases because of that um, we're hopeful and we've been told that a lot of those people anticipate coming back to us you know once things start to normalize but you know, that's still up in the air. So uh, we're just kind of trying to batten down the hatches and um, improve some of the things that we've been working on already to just, once this does normalize, come out the backside, uh, hopefully better off. Um, I would say that we've seen an increase in support calls. So customers that we have now it seems like we're getting a little bit of an increase in calls from them, whether that's them home and, you know, ready to tackle to-do lists that have been, you know, there for months that they finally have time to, to do because they're at the house now. Um, you know, we've seen some of that. And just also, obviously, with the LTE upgrades happening, you know, we've got a lot of that going on, too. So it's been hectic and uh, we're just trying to roll with it and uh you know, like I said, try to build within so that once this does normalize, we can really come out the backside uh, firing on all cylinders. And if you don't mind uh, sharing, who does your monitoring? We're partnered with Criticom Monitoring Services for our clients here in the States. And we actually uh, just partnered with Rapid Response for our uh, clients that we have in Canada. Gotcha. I want to mention also as we go through this, guys, you know, that um, interaction among each other is is fine. If you guys have a question based on something you hear someone else say, uh, by all means, uh, jump in and, and share that. So uh, continuing with the pandemic impact, uh, Renz, do you want to tell us uh, how your company's gone through it? Yeah, absolutely. And in regard to how it affected our employees, we have, as I mentioned earlier, 65 employees um, split between our two offices in Melbourne, Florida and Hamden. And about 30 of those are out in the field, whether they're there, um, electricians, low voltage techs, uh, fire extinguisher techs, sprinkler, and the other 35 are, are in the office. So depending on the office, we kind of had different guidelines. Uh, from the beginning, we tried to have extreme transparency 
um, and over-communicated. We hosted town halls every other night in the beginning of the pandemic um, where employees had the option to call in and ask questions uh, to me about how we're handling things, what the plan is, um, what happens if they happen to get sick and our interpretations of um, how do they get paid, et cetera. So number one was the safety and health of, of our employees. And um, number two is trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible with how we were handling it. And we did that through just you know extreme transparency. Um, but overall, um, I, we are trying to use it as an opportunity to get rid of our inefficiencies and become more efficient. There he is. Uh, um, but yeah, so overall, I mean, we've been fortunate. Our employees have um, remained healthy. Um, I mean, not many have gotten sick. Um, everyone's on board. Everyone has stepped up. Um, and similar to what Sterling mentioned, we, we look to get through this stronger than we were before. Um, our clients are people that were concerned about security prior to this are even more concerned now. So sales to our existing customers have increased. You know, if they bought an alarm five years ago and maybe they didn't do every window, now they want to enhance their security due to the uncertainty. Um, we have had more phone calls of people calling due to financial hardships um, where we typically try to work with customers, whether it's giving them some free months until they get back on their feet and they need to call us back to cancel again, or, you know, we need it in writing, but overall um, we've gotten through this stronger than I thought we would in March. It was very scary in the beginning of this. Um, I'm in Connecticut. So I'm here. I have a better pulse on the day to day in Connecticut than I do in Florida. Um, but I have very strong managers in Florida and we're seeing more there that, um, you know, whether it's salespeople or, compared to salespeople in Connecticut, there, there's always the COVID excuse of why numbers are down. Um, and it's very interesting to compare it to Connecticut where our state has had, had tough restrictions, um, where in Florida, the restrictions haven't been as tough. But our, our, our Connecticut business has been more resilient than our Florida business has been. And I would have anticipated the opposite in the beginning. What about, what about in terms of your, your resi versus your commercial? Um, how is that? different for you? Yeah, it's a great question. So in, when we got our start in 2011, we were about 30, 70 resident commercial split. Um, and that's flipped. So we are do a lot more volume in commercial now. And we have a very large integration division where we do large scale access control, door operators, um, cameras, and we're finding our larger clients are getting access to funding um, um, through grants through COVID. So that, that side of the business has been very strong. Um, the resi business, it goes back to, as I mentioned earlier, our, our, our clients in the, um, our existing clients have really driven our, our revenue rather than new sales. I mean, we're certainly still getting phone calls um, from new customers because of uncertainty, whether that's surrounding COVID, whether that's surrounding the election, um, but a lot of our growth in equipment sales, and we lead with um, Residio's project uh, products on the resi side, that growth has really been driven from our existing base, you know, just wanting to add, wanting to upgrade. And what, what about in terms of, uh, you know, what you've seen recently compared to, you know, a few months ago or even, you know, six months ago? So, I mean, just my, my gut is telling me in, in Connecticut, 
that things are going to become more strict. We have, I believe it's Sterling might be able to help me out with this, but I think we had three phases and we got to phase two and like partially into phase three. And then we reverted back to phase 1.1. So a month, you know, a month ago, feeling great, thought things were turning, thought we would definitely see things change after the election. We did see two vaccine announcements. So things have changed a little bit, um, but I'm, I'm not, as optimistic as I was a month ago. Um, I do think, you know, we are getting back to normal, but I think we've certainly taken a step back from where we were a month ago with everything. Um, Our backlog is still strong. Um, Our Q2 is usually our busiest month, our busiest quarter. Now it's got shifted to Q3. Um, So, so far, I mean, we're, we're staying the course, Um, but the last week, it just Connecticut specifically, we've reverted back in terms of restrictions. So um, time will tell. Yeah, we're unfortunately seeing that in a lot of areas of the country. Right. Um, yeah. We were um, kind of leading the nation for a while with our numbers on the COVID side. But yeah, it's uh, certainly, I don't know if it's just the cold weather and now more people are inside or if it's the COVID v- fatigue, but uh, every day I'm seeing more articles about new states popping up into the red zone, you know, the territory where they're saying to roll things back. And I've got some kids, two kids, one just started pre-K. So he's in person learning, uh, that school, they've had like two, uh, infections so far, but there no spread of that. So they're staying in person and, seems like their administration's really trying to keep that. Uh, a lot of other schools have already started to shut down. So it's, it's really varying across the state and every community is kind of dealing with it differently. So let's um, continue on to uh, Stephen and um, Stephen, if you could talk about your company as the other guys did, but also uh, are there differences north of the border compared to what we're experiencing here in the U S that you're aware of? Oh, absolutely. I'll start with our company in March, early. Well, I'll, I'm going to say late February. I saw this coming. Like I start, I read the news quite uh, vigorously every day and I saw something was happening uh, on, I believe it was March 16th. It was declared a pandemic by the WHO on March 17th. I told my entire office staff, Kate, we're moving you home. We assigned a technician to an office staff person. We moved them home. We got their desk set up. We brought their computers, their monitors, their work phone. Um, we made sure the VPNs were all working. We made sure that the, uh, they had PoE injectors for their uh, VoIP phones. We made sure that everyone can do 99% of their job from home. So we had a very streamlined transition. It was very seamless. Uh, within about a week, we had our processes changed. So instead of handing files back and forth, we moved more digital. We started utilizing Microsoft Teams to communicate better. During this whole uh, COVID time, we have actually communicated better and streamlined processes in such a way that our company owners never thought possible before because we didn't have a choice. We were pushed in this direction of working from home. And now it's November and we're all still working from home. Like I told my office staff, I said, if you don't feel comfortable going back, you don't have to, right? Like I don't want anybody who doesn't feel comfortable going back into the office. Our technicians would usually come into the office every day, take their files out of their little cubby bins, take the parts off the pack shelves. That's all changed. They don't come in the office now unless they absolutely have to. All the boxes are packed by me. I go in three times a week at 6 a.m. when nobody's there. Pack all the boxes. It all goes in the garage. Make sure that it's in there for them. So that way, 
it's less doorknob touching, it's less light switch touching. You don't come into contact with each other as much. Uh, in the garage, it's a fob to open the door and a code for the pin pad because it's armed obviously. So it's a lot less, if there was one of our team members who got sick, it would be a lot less spread to the rest of the team. And that's what we really wanted to uh, mitigate was potential team spread. So we took all the appropriate steps, I'm going to say, in making sure that our team is remain safe. Uh, year to date, we haven't had anyone out sick. We haven't had anyone come into contact with somebody with COVID, uh, knock on wood. We haven't had any of our clients tell us, hey, look, you were in our house, but I just tested positive. So we're very fortunate in that sense. Uh, we haven't had a scare yet. So for us as a company moving forward during COVID, uh, like I said, we streamlined processes and we made everything a lot easier for not just the technicians, but also our clients. So I think that coming from a business perspective, this pushed us in the right direction. Um, going off of what Lawrence, or sorry, Rents and Sterling said about uh, the actual phases here in Canada, we use colors. So it's uh, green, yellow, orange, red zones. Um, when we had the first big hit of lockdown, I we had to make the uncomfortable choice of laying off all of our technicians and having them only work as needed. So that was like a huge hit. We had some very good government funding to help them through that time. Obviously, our clients, when we were in a red zone, didn't want us anywhere near them. We didn't want to really go anywhere near them either, to be honest. Um, but unlike the states where you guys have each state is acting very independently of each other with no real national direction, we're a much smaller country where our national direction is do what you need to do to stay safe, right? So we're utilizing all the proper PPE. Our residential sales haven't gone down as much as we thought they would. Our attrition isn't as, isn't, uh, as horrible as we thought it might be leading into this. We thought we'd have a lot more clients leaving us. And our commercial business has actually grown a little bit uh, because of uh, people being on COVID, people not being in their workplace every day. So going back to your question about is a difference from the States versus Canada right now, I'm going to go ahead and say 100% yes. Uh, we don't have the post-election jitters or even the pre-election jitters like you guys have had. Um, we don't have the civil unrest in uh, such cities like Portland but we do have increased crime. So the way the media reports on crime in Canada is very different than in the state. You guys lead a lot based on fear and fear drives a lot of sales. I'm going to go ahead and say in the United States, I would say more so than in Canada. In Canada, people's need for an alarm system is mostly on life safety devices and floods. So we see a lot of people want smoke, CO detection. A lot of people want to make sure that their pets are safe. They want to make sure that their cars aren't broken into overnight from the use of cameras. Uh, we do get a lot of people who want burglary systems, but a lot of it is just life safety instead of I'm scared at night. It's more of, I want to make sure everybody's okay. Thank you for that. Richie, do we have you now? Yes, I'm here. Oh, hey, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Sorry I was late, guys. Well, so what you missed is just uh, everyone introduced themselves and then we talked some of the pandemic. So, if you could, Richie, just um, uh, tell us who you are, your brief background in the industry, and just a little bit about your company. 
Well, uh, my name's Richie Pettibone, and uh, we started Pettibone Alarm in 1991 uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, we service security systems. We do fire alarms, access control, and video. Uh, commercial to uh, residential clients, we're probably 50-50. Uh, we've used the COVID anytime that there's, uh, uncertainty, our business is always going to be fantastic. So it's been a huge benefit for Pettibone Alarm in terms of like any, in our, where we live in the DC area, when people are, uh, unease or knocked out of their normal lives, that's when they buy security systems. And so we've been extremely busy. Uh, we put in all the COVID things when the state of Maryland, D.C. and Virginia went through the different things. We did home office. I heard the other young man, we, you know, Zoomed our meetings, had TV screens and all the different employees' houses, but we really never missed a beat. So our attitude at Pettibone Alarm and what I have instilled in my employees is that this is an opportunity. And if you don't want to be a part of the opportunity, then you need to go find another one. And they've embraced it and they wear masks and gloves and booties and sanitizer. We've done all that. So that's where we are in terms of, you know, how we feel or what I, what I try to get my employees to buy into is that unrest, whether it be COVID protesting elections, whatever it might be, that's a benefit in the security industry. Um, but I was also curious from an opportunity standpoint in terms of sales, um, you know, equipping home offices for customers. Do you see more opportunity there in terms of, you know, the, the residential networks and the different types of devices and services that they may re rely and need more now as they stay home? Because I've heard that as much as 25% of the workforce may never go back to the way it was. So I was just curious if uh, any of you see that as a nice additional opportunity. It should be. I'm definitely writing that down so I can push it to our next sales team meeting to start looking at accountants and lawyers and people who need, who have sensitive information at home now who will need that enhanced level of security. And I don't know what it's like in the States, but at least in the province of Ontario here in Canada, um, if you're working from home and you have an alarm system at home because you have sensitive information, your corporation can pick up 100% of the tap as a tax deferred expense. So definitely you gave me something to think about and add to my sales meeting agenda on Tuesday. Cool. So our biggest partners in terms of referrals are IT companies. So it's that delicate balance of taking business away from them or thinking, you know, bigger picture of referring more business to them. So therefore they refer more to us on the commercial side. Um, so, so we've thought about it. Um, I've kind of realized, at least in Connecticut, that our, the best IT companies stay in their lane and they do what they're really good at, which is IT. The small ones try to pick up every dollar they can. So they do IT and then they try to do cameras. Um, and then the massive guys, you know, on the enterprise solution, they can actually do cameras pretty well and IT. So we've looked at it. Um, we'd rather bring in a partner um, so they can bring us referrals down the road. Uh, we purchased an electrical contractor in January. 
So we have an electrical division in Connecticut. Um, we've done some pre-wires for customers for wireless access points um, throughout their house. And then we bring in a partner, but I've always struggled um, with just having too many referral partners, right? You want to feed everybody. You want everybody um, to get referrals. So like we really, with IT, I would use it as an opportunity that if someone asked me about a home network where I would bring in a partner, um, we would want to do all the data drops, but we actually would not. We have in Connecticut two internal IT guys that help with networking our locks and our cameras, um, but we've never done a, a home system design and we'd probably just bring in one of our IT partners with the hope that that next big commercial client, you know, they would refer to us. Mm -hmm. Richie, we still have you? Yes. Hey, so uh, what uh, product or service opportunity do you see emerging out of the pandemic as, as we start to come clear of this? What's going to uh, be accelerated or enhanced, do you think, post-pandemic? I kind of believe that, you know, all the products that Petty Bone Alarm offers or any security professional offers are still going to be you know, moving forward, you know, a robust market. But to go back, like you were asking about new technology. So we've been big into the pro series as well. Had a lot of success with that. Uh, another thing like with the access control, if you're doing access, I'm sure you guys are doing it where you manage the access and you charge a fee per door. I mean, that's a huge market. And, you know, we're constantly getting, you know, new accounts. And you just remember when you do those buildings, you might start off with 12 doors, they end up being 25 doors. So whatever you're charging per door, that's a, that's a lot of recurring monthly revenue. The other thing is on the video system, we do not sell video to catch people. We sell video to manage a business in a home, landscapers, manage you know painters at your business, and a deterrent. And we're very, very clear about that. We put in security and access security to send the police access to control people manage and deter and a really good line that i use guys is that cameras are like tattoos beer and wine you're always going to get another one so sell the system eight cameras 16 always have that infrastructure because they're definitely adding more cameras then down the road when a van goes out there technician opportunity to upsell additional cameras and we do additional cameras every day the supply chain thing that was mentioned before has been a big issue we've actually had to go online and buy you know equipment online but you know that is what it is the supply chain issue is you know they just can't make the product quick enough yeah thank you for that richie uh, in keeping with uh, our target to I'll wrap this thing up in a few minutes. I'm just going to ask a, a closing question here. So, and that is, um, how how do you, how does your company differentiate itself from your competitors? And you know, I hear a lot of statements from dealers and integrators, and they'll say, "Well, it's customer service." Or so try to be as non-generic as possible. I give me one or two differentiators that work for you and your business. And so since I have Richie here, we'll start with him and then work our way back. Okay, I have four unique things that I've done since 1991. Pettibone Alarm does not have a term 
contract. Pettibone Alarm pays all false alarm fees caused by equipment or installation. Pettibone Alarm has never raised the fee on an existing client in 30 years. And Pettibone Alarm will only install non-proprietary open architecture equipment. And I disrupt the market with those four things. And everybody in the security industry, you're crazy. You don't have a term. Every single contract is breakable for cause. So if you feel comfortable with a five-year contract, great. But if somebody wants to get out of it, they're getting out of it. As far as raising the fees, I get a lot of pushback. You know, you can bump it 5%, 5%. We're relationship-driven. All of our business comes from referrals. We don't do any advertising. We don't do anything. It's all referrals. And then we give three months free for every referral. So those five things, no contract, never raise your rate, pay false alarm fees, non-proprietary, three months free. That sets us apart. Wow. Which one of those is the most challenging to maintain? Well, on my end, it's not raising the fee. I mean, I would love to raise a fee, you know, 3%, 5%, but a deal is a deal. And so integrity, hard work, relationships, stick with what you do. And now my son's coming into business, you know, and he's a genius and he knows it all. He's like, dad, what the, well, how can you do this? Just this way I'm going to do it. You can do it however you want down the road. Fair enough. All right. Well, keeping it moving. Uh, let's jump to uh, Sterling on this one. Uh, well, the biggest thing that we do different is that we are nationwide and online. Um, obviously, historically, alarm companies have either been, you know, ADT size where they have branches all over and they're nationwide or they've been regional uh, full install companies that tap their local market. So um, when we started, the idea of doing it online was fairly new. Um, today, I don't know that it is that different because the traditional guys are doing it now and there's a ton of new players that are trying to do it as well. Um, but certainly that was our biggest differentiator when we started. And uh, we think that it's, you know, in today's environment, uh, it's a good place to be. Um, another thing we like to do is uh, spend, you know, probably more time on the phone than other companies may like uh, in terms of, you know, how much time you're spending with a customer in the pre-sales process or on the tech support side. Um, for us, we're not in the home. We don't get the chance to, you know, establish that relationship when the installer comes in and puts a system in. So for us, it's that, you know, consultative pre-sales approach to really win their, their trust and show them that we're, you know, industry experts that really can help them navigate all the different options out there and get the right system and services that are, you know, right for their home or, or their application. Um, I guess a third thing, I don't know. <laughs> You're taxing me on the third. <laughs> That's fine. If you think of something else, uh, let me know. Otherwise, we'll right. move on. All right. Thanks, Sterling. Uh, let's go to uh, Stephen. All right. So at Alarm Tech, we are your local pro. That's how we brand ourselves, and that's what we are. Um, just like Richie said, we don't raise fees on clients. Uh, we have no fine print, no hidden fees, no accelerated clause. Uh, like Richie said, you can cancel it anytime for cause. You give us the appropriate notice. 
you're good. And we do customer service the way you want it to be done. So whether that's a text message from Podium, whether that's an email, or like Sterling said, whether that's spending a lot of time on the phone with our service team, we make sure that we give you the customer service you want. So we make sure that all your questions are answered. Every single time you call our company, a human answers the phone and not one of those human automated voices that say, just a minute, but no, like my desk phone over here does not stop ringing because it doesn't matter if you're the operations manager, if you're the if you're the service coordinator, if you're in finance, every single person's phone rings. We will all take turns answering the phone and we'll all make sure that you get the help you need when you call. Very good. Rents, bring us home. Yeah, so I would say our size really makes us unique. We're at that mid-tier where you actually call and you get customer support. So a lot of the times we're either up against, you know, ADT, the big boys, or you're calling, you're getting an answering service, or you're calling a guy who can't pick up the phone because he's in a ceiling running a camera wire. So we actually have the backbone um, inside both offices that have a customer service team that can answer the phone, hold your hand through the process, try to minimize your costs of rolling a truck. You want to go buy a battery? Sure, go buy one. We'll walk you through it. We'll sell you a YouTube value. So I guess that's the customer service side of it, um, but it, our size allows us to actually provide a really hands-on um, customer service feel. Um, we're flexible, whether that's in our pricing, contract designs. If someone doesn't want to pay us for 36 months, sure, we'll, we'll adjust the upfront. If someone wants to just be month to month, yeah, but you got to buy the product outright. So we're able, and it's basically because of hands-on management, hands-on ownership that we want the deal. Um, we'll work with you to get it as long as the math works. So flexibility makes us really unique as well. Um, and then our people, I mean, we're very fortunate and lately it's created more stress that people care a lot. Um, and that might mean they care too much in the sense of working maybe around the clock or telling customers to call them on their cell phone rather than to call the office, trying to schedule an install for a customer, even though you're a sales guy and trying to move around the dates. So we're fortunate um, people view their colleagues as an extended part of their family. So with that said, they're going to do everything in their power um, to make us successful. So I would say, you know, the three big things is our size allows us to be flexible and um, offer a great customer service. Our size also allows us to be really flexible with how we craft deals to make it work best for the client. Um, and then third, it's, it's our people. Um, they care a lot about the success of this business. Thank you. Think you of my, off uh, oh, go, go ahead, Cyril. Time. So uh, one thing we do, I think, differently than a lot of companies, not, not everyone, but we always try to leverage what's already in the home as best we can. There's so many companies that are going to come in and say, hey, you got to get our fresh brand new system and that's it. You know, we're always probing, even when a customer says, hey, what can you sell me new? We're always like, well, you know, tell me what you got now. And, and they may think their 20 year old Vista is worthless at this point, but we're really good at understanding what we can do to upgrade, you know, an older system to bring on some of today's new features like interactive control or, you know, remote programming capabilities or cellular communications, whatever it may be. So, you know, we're always trying to help the customer use what's already installed because that pre-wiring is invaluable. Uh, a lot of times, you know, while we love wireless, if the house already has every sensor contacted, it can be very expensive to replace that with all new wireless. So anytime we can, 
we're trying to leverage what's there and whether that's through like steven said the wired to wireless takeover modules or the new you know other options um you know we love the all-in-one panels but even those can can be added into you know existing legacy systems very nicely without having to reinvent the wheel and buy a whole new system so we're always trying to save our customers on that upfront there too and i'd like to can i add one more thing no no okay the uh one of the things i'll tell you guys too that's helped pettybone alarm so the first tech we hired in 91 is still employed at pettybone my average technician has been with me 19 years invest in your people keep your team and then your customer service, your referrals, it, it will really, really, really benefit you. And figure out a way to bonus your techs, bonus your office staff for everything that gets produced revenue-wise. And when they have a, a piece of the game, you'd be amazed at how many add-ons you get, upsells, saving accounts, et cetera, et cetera. So invest in your people. Very good. Those are some good closing words. Thanks uh, for that, Richie. And thank you to all of you guys very much for uh, participating, for those uh, great ideas and for sharing. We appreciate your interest and encourage you to subscribe to Security Sales and Integration and its newsletters. Regularly visit securitysales.com for the latest news and follow SSI on social media. Thank you.